0: Second Samuel chapter 23. Uh, we preached out of this here a few months ago, but uh, it was later on over in the chapter. I want to deal uh, beginning in verse eight. Now this morning, I told you what we would preach on tonight, we uh, preached this morning on living uh, the defeated life. And there's a lot of Christians living defeated. We looked at that. And I may say some things again that I said this morning, uh, but tonight I want to preach on living the victorious life, and that only comes in the Lord. Let's begin to read in verse 8 of uh, 2 Samuel chapter 20. Let me pray first. Let me pray. Lord, we come to you tonight. Uh, We thank you for the singing. Uh, I pray that it has honored you. I pray that it has uh, brought glory to your name. Uh, But it's the preaching hour And I believe it's time to preach And Lord we certainly uh, Desire some help from heaven All the help you'd give us We'll take it Lord Uh, I can't do anything on my own And I realize that tonight uh, And I pray that you'd help There may be somebody lost That uh, needs to get saved Uh, Maybe somebody needs some encouragement I pray that it be found in you I pray you bless the reading of your word And I pray that you'd help us now uh, save that sinner's nearest near tail, and we'll give you the glory for these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Stay with me and begin to read in verse 8. The Bible says, These be the names of the mighty men whom David had. Uh, the Tacmonite that sat in the sea, chief among the captains. Uh, the same was Adeno the Ezanite. Uh, he lifted up his spear against 800 whom he slew at one time. And after him was Eleazar the son of Dodo the Hohite, one of the three mighty men with David. Uh, When they defied the Philistines that were there gathered together to battle, and the men of Israel were gone away. He arose and smote the Philistines until his hand was wearied, and his hand clave unto the sword. And the Lord wrought a great victory that day, and the people returned after him only to spoil. And after him was Shammah, the son of Agi, the the Hararite, And the Philistines were gathered together into a troop where was a piece of ground full of lentils. And the people fled from the Philistines. But he stood in the midst of the ground and defended it and slew the Philistines and the Lord wrought a great victory. You can be seated tonight. In this passage of scripture, we find David, some of David's uh, valiant men that would fight, uh, whether they had to fight by themselves or with their selves. It did not matter because, as you look right here, you'll find that uh, there was some that uh, had to fight when nobody else would. Uh, if you look in verse ten, it said that the. Uh Lord wrought a great victory that day, and the people returned only after after him, uh, only to spoil. If you look in verse 9, they had uh, gone away. Uh, if you look in, I believe it is uh, in uh, verse 11, you'll find that Shammai said that as he defended that uh, piece of ground full of lentils, that the people fled uh, from the Philistines. Uh, as we look tonight as living in victory and having a victory, and I told you all this this morning, uh, the only way to have victory is to keep fighting. Uh, there's not a place to quit uh, fighting. Uh, life uh, as our Christian life, uh, it is a fight. Now I'm glad tonight that, uh, friend, I, I'm glad that, that we have victory uh, uh, in the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm glad that when I got saved... Uh, Uh, I found victory, amen. Uh, He won the victory. What was it in 1 Corinthians 15? uh, O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? Uh, The sting of death is sin, uh, uh, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. That word victory, it means to defeat an enemy uh, uh, in a battle or an antagonist uh, uh, in a contest. But then it gives a spiritual application and said, The advantage gained over spiritual enemies, over passions and appetites, over temptation, uh, or in any struggle uh, or competition. And tonight, let me say that uh, until you get saved, uh, you're living defeated. But boy, when you get saved and you understand uh, what it means to have the Lord Jesus Christ on your side, and have Him fighting the battles with you. And I'll just be honest with you, sometimes He's fighting them for you. Amen. Uh, the Bible tells us in the book of Romans chapter 8 over there, that there are sometimes times that we don't even know how to pray. Uh, and the Holy Spirit prays uh, for us. Uh, I'm glad tonight though that as uh, the children of we, God, we, we go around so many times. I get around preachers sometimes and, uh, and I mean we, we're, we're dragging our lips on the ground and uh, it's just been a bad day, it's been a bad week, been a bad year. Uh, uh, some people bless their heart, they just had a bad life if you talk to them, amen. You know when Christ resides on the inside, uh, we're on the winning side. And we need to understand that tonight as His children. But uh, let me say tonight that uh, when you got saved, John 10, 10 said, For the thief cometh not, but for to steal and to kill. Uh, what was it not for to steal and kill and destroy? He said, I am coming that they might have life uh, and have it more abundantly. But to have the victory, you've got to keep fighting. And so that brings me to point number one. If we're going to live the victorious life, uh, we have to fight. The word victory in itself implies a fight. Uh, I mean, you can't have victory unless there's some kind of competition going on. Uh, Whether it is in sports, whether it is uh, in in the ring, or whether it is in our spiritual life, uh, it implies a fight. I want you to look at your text verse tonight and look in verse 8. Adino the Esnite, notice that he lifted up his spear against 800 whom he slew at one time. That is one man facing 800. That's almost unfathomable in my mind. I know that Samson over there in the book of Judges, I took a jawbone of an ass and slew a thousand uh, men. I understand that in in the battle. But listen, tonight he stood, uh, this uh, dino did, and he fought uh, and slew 800 men. That's, that's, that's a man tonight, ain't it? Yes. Uh, I mean, listen, if, if we're going to fight... Let me put it to you like this. Let me see if I can uh, get this. i take your Bible and go to the book of 2 Timothy. i take your Bible and go to the book of 2 Timothy. So uh, let me try to lay something down here tonight. I believe 2 Timothy is where we need to be. Uh, look, look with me in 2 Timothy uh, chapter 2. Uh, and, and look in... Uh, verse 3. 2 Timothy chapter 2. And look in verse 3. He said, Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man that warreth. You catch that? No man that warreth. A war means a battle, means a fight. No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. So you see, tonight our Christian life is honestly a fight. It's a race, uh, uh, and it's a fight. And i, I just trying to—I want you to get that uh, in your mind tonight. Now, Adano, he had to fight and fought until he killed 800 men. That must have been some more fight, wasn't it? Now, think about that for just a minute. I, I believe what the Bible says. Can you imagine one man? I mean, we look at this stuff on TV sometimes, and we look at them fighting, and you know you got a man out there, and he whips about three or four of them at one time, and you say, oh, he couldn't have done that. Well, know whooped 800 of them at one time. He not only whooped them, but I believe he killed them all while he was at it. That's some more fight. Now look at the next man that come down through here. Uh, Eleazar, look in verse 9. Look what your Bible says. He uh, says he's one of the three mighty men uh, uh, and said they were gathered together uh, when the has gone away. There's nobody else there to help him fight. Can I tell you that in your Christian life, sometimes you're going to be in this battle and you seem like nobody else cares and nobody else is around. And I'm just going to be honest with you, sometimes there ain't nobody else around. You're fighting this thing by yourself. And I'm glad the Lord's on our side and He's helping us. But I'm going to tell you sometimes there's not going to be people there to encourage you. There's not going to be people there to pat you on the back. There's not going to be anybody there to tell you how good of a job you're doing. You just got to keep on going. Everybody else has left. You have to see the importance of, of serving Christ whether anybody else does or not. You have to see the importance of the battle and of the fight because at the end of the day, what we're trying to do is win. Notice what he's saying. It said all Israel has is gone away. Now notice how he thought. The Bible said that he smote the Philistines until his hand was weary. He couldn't fight hardly no more. As a matter of fact, the Bible said that his hand, a clave, to the sword. I really believe that that means that he had such a grip on that sword while he was fighting and he was trying to win the victory. That boy, when it's all said and done with, he could not open his hand up and turn loose of that thing. His hand clave. To the sword, you're talking about a man that was serious uh, uh, about the battle. You're talking about somebody that wanted to win the battle and win the victory uh, and win. Hey, I'm telling you, you, you can ask my wife. It don't matter what kind of game we're playing. I'm out to win. Amen. She beat me one time in checkers and will not play me no more. She won't do it. We were sitting over at bookouts having, I don't know if we were having tires put on or whatever happened. We were sitting over there and they had a checkerboard and we set it up and uh, we played and, uh, and she won. And since that day, she will not play me again. But when I play, I play to win. Listen, if I'm going to fight, I'm going to fight to win. In my Christian life, nobody else may be around. Nobody else may not know what's going on in my life. Nobody else may not know the battle that I'm in. But I tell you, I'm going to swing and I'm going to fight. Why? I want to win. It's easy to quit. Amen? Amen? He was weary. The Bible said that he was weary. He said in Galatians 6 and 9, Let us not be weary and well-doing, for in due season we shall reap, if we what? if we faint not. What's the LA's are doing? Everybody's gone. Nobody's with him. He's fighting until he's weary. Uh, and the Bible said that his hand clay under the sword. Now notice who got the credit. And the Bible said, And the Lord wrought a great victory that day. The Lord worked that victory out. All, all our job is to do I, I, is to keep swinging I, and keep fighting I, I, and keep going I, and let God have the victory. Amen. We're fighting. Remember, if you're going to be victorious, we got to fight. What's the next one say? He said, and after him was. Now notice when the people showed back up after he won the victory. Ain't that, just about, ain't that just about like a bunch of Christians? Ain't that just about like a bunch of carnal Baptists? They'll show up once the fighting's done. Amen. They'll let somebody else fight the battle. But boy, when it's all said and done, they'll be right there with you uh, and have to take in the spoil. Amen. They'll let you do the praying. They'll let you do the fasting. They'll let you do the weeping. Y'all ever done that? Y'all ever done the fasting and the praying? And the crying and the weeping and the wondering and the begging God and laying awake at night uh, uh, listen I, I, I'm just going to tell you how there's been times that I've laid awake and worried and wondered I, and hoped and prayed I it. I, I, I mean it's, it's just you just never know what God's going to do. but in verse 11 here we find Shammah, the son of Agi the hay right. I want you to notice something in, in verse. Uh, In verse 9, we find Dodo the Hohite, he faced the Philistines. You come over to verse 11 and notice who he was facing. He was facing the Philistines. There's always an enemy that seems to not want to go away. And over and over and over again, Israel during the time of David, they always had to face the Philistines. Well, notice right here that uh, they were in a piece of, 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 of a, a ground uh, that was full of lentils. But notice your Bible said in verse 12, but he stood in the midst of the ground and defended it and slew the Philistines. And here again the Lord wrought a great victory. He's fighting right here because there's something there worth fighting over. Lentils, you say, lentils ain't much. It is if you're hungry. It is if the enemy has took everything else. It is if your animals don't have anything else to eat. Uh, uh, Lentils is pretty big. If you want something to eat, you can go out there. Uh, I like them under green peas. And as much as I hate green peas, I guess if I got hungry, I'd eat them. Amen. But notice, the Bible said that he stood in the midst of the ground... And defended it and slew the Philistines. He fought. We've got such a a weak need. backed Christianity. That people don't want to fight today. People don't want to fight. Now I made a mistake in this pulpit. Of saying something one time. How much I like a good fight. And I'll never make that statement again. Because from that time on, I, it, it just seemed like it's been a fight. But, but I, I, I like to watch a good fight, but I really don't like to be in one. Amen. Amen. But I'm going to be honest with you tonight, as a Christian, if we're going to live for Him, uh, and you're going to defend, and you're going to, you're going to have to defend what, what you think is important tonight. What is important to you? What's worth a good fight? the Bible tells us so far in the book of Nehemiah I believe it is that uh, as as they were building the uh, the walls back and as they were trying to get uh, everything uh, what, what was it Ezra was laying the temple but uh, uh, but, but Nehemiah he was building the wall in verse uh, chapter four and verse 4 uh, chapter four and chapter <laughs> chapter four and verse 14 he said and I looked and rose up and said unto the nobles and to the rulers and to the rest of the people be ye not afraid of them remember the Lord which is great and terrible and fight for your brethren for your sons for your daughters, for your wives, and for your houses. He said, them things are worthy of a good fight. I preached on that before. What's worthy of a good fight? I believe your children is worthy of a good fight. I believe your home is worthy of a good fight. I believe your, a marriage is worthy of a good fight. I believe this church is worthy of a good fight. I believe this book is worthy of a good fight tonight. Amen. I believe it is. But he stood there and he fought. The Bible said he stood in the midst. It don't tell us how many that he killed. It does not tell us. But we know this. That he said, and the Lord wrought a great victory. Why? He was willing to fight. You know, you cannot have a victory unless you're willing to fight. It'll never happen. I mean, to have a victory, we have to stay in it. Do you realize tonight that if we're going to fight, hey, listen, we cannot, and I'm getting ahead of myself, uh, but we cannot, we cannot entangle ourselves uh, with this life. Can I tell you now, we have been given what we need to fight with? Go to the book of Ephesians, chapter 6. Go to Ephesians, chapter 6. Ephesians 6, and in verse 10, y'all ought to know this tonight. I'm not telling y'all anything y'all don't know. I'm just hoping to encourage you all tonight to keep on fighting. Some of y'all look at me like I'm crazy. I'm going to tell you, if you're going to live for God, listen to me, if you're going to live for God, you're going to have to fight. Can I ask you a question? Do you think that the devil likes our radio broadcasts? I mean, I'm being honest tonight. Do you think that he's just going to let things go uh, and not put up a fight, not put up a battle on them radio broadcasts? Do you know that it, you know I make uh, I make seven broadcasts a week, and I've got that thing down pretty good. But can I tell you, it gets weary to have to go in there that study and make them broadcasts sometimes. It, I mean, it, it just gets a little weary from time to time. And, uh, and, and you, you really just don't want to do it. But, but I'm telling you tonight, there might be somebody lost that hears it, but there also might be a saint out there that needs some help. I'm going to tell you, you find, you find a church how that is putting out the gospel, and you'll find somebody that's going to have to fight a battle. Because he hates the gospel. Ephesians chapter 6, look in verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. That's how God, that's how He works a great victory. He said, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and haven't done all to stand. Stand therefore having your loins girt about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit which is the Word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. What's He given us in Ephesians 6? He's given us, you know, the the armor of God, but He's given us what we need to fight. He's given us how we need to dress to fight. And you realize he, He only gave us one weapon to fight with. And that is the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. I remember years ago when the church that me and Kelly got buried in, our pastor at that time, and, and you'd have to know how the church was set up back then. And, and, and it was a two-row church, and they were, I was thinking about this the other day, and it came up, and, uh, and, and, and we had three pews on. They, they were turned perpendicular to each other. Uh, we had three, three pews going this way, and three pews going this way, and then, and then there was just a big old wide open spot. And that's where the preacher preached at a lot of times. Uh, he didn't stay behind the pulpit much. and I, I, remembered, I remember him preaching on Ephesians 6. and I, I can remember him taking that and saying, if all you've got is the shield of faith. And I remember him taking that thing and acting like he had that shield of faith. He said, all that's going to happen is, yeah, you've got the shield of faith, but the devil's going to beat you to death. He's going to beat on that shield of faith. And beat on that shield of faith. And beat on that shield of faith. He said, somewhere, and I agree with him, you're going to have to draw your sword out. And you're going to have to begin to fight. He gave us a sword. He gave us all these things uh, and that to protect ourselves in the midst of a fight. But He gave us a sword that our hand uh, could cleave to and hold on to uh, that we would be able to fight with. Have you ever just held on to Scripture? Been in a fight that that you didn't expect to be in? And all you could do is hold on to Scripture and quote that Scripture over and over. And over again. We look this morning in the defeated life. A lot about our past and things that have happened. And, and you can look back over your life. And there's been times that all that you have held on to, I'll be honest with you, there's been times in my life that all I've ever had to hold on to on a bad day is what the Bible said in the book of Hebrews where He said, I'll never leave thee nor forsake thee. And I was just holding on to that thing. He'll give us courage to stand and fight. Give you some intestinal fortitude. That's what we need. But what will we have victory over, I'm talking about having victory. What will we have victory over? Remember, this morning we talked about the situations and the stuff that comes in our life and sin and uh, the skepticism, the doubt that comes in. He'll give us victory over that, but he'll give us victory over Satan, our adversary. We're not greater than he is, but the one that lives inside of us he is greater. Is he that is within you than he? That is in the world. Brother Bob testified to that not too long ago. He was talking about how that Satan is a defeated foe, and he is a defeated foe, but nonetheless, he is our foe. 1 Peter 5 and 8 said, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary of the devil's roaring light was by seeking whom he may devour. Then he said, whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same affliction are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. He said, you got to resist it. You take the shield of faith uh, that will quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Verse 11 in Ephesians 6, told us to put on the whole armor of God that we can stand against the wiles of the devil. You know what that word wile means? How many of you remember the wily coyote? You remember he always wanted to catch the roadrunner, didn't he? Don't, you, don't sometimes you want to stick your tongue out at the devil? Just like the roadrunner did. Some of y'all were waiting on me to do that. I wasn't going to do it. But a while is a trick. Or it means to deceive. Or it means to be ensnared, which is trapped. And deception and tricks will ensnare you. Ain't that what the wily coyote was always up to? He was always trying to catch the roadrunner. You know what the devil's always trying to do? He's always trying to catch you. He's always trying to catch you and get you to quit. He's always trying uh, to catch you and get you to mess up. He's always trying uh, to catch you and and make you uh, want to be such in, in, in a place that you don't even want to serve the Lord. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, he's literally talking about forgiveness right here. But he said, Unless Satan should get an advantage over us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. And and what he's talking about right there is that the church needed uh, to to, to exercise some forgiveness is what he's talking about. But we are not ignorant of his devices. We know that he's slick, don't we? We know that he's mean. We know that he'll kick us while we're down. Living a victorious life, listen to me, does not mean Satan is going to stop bothering you. It means that, friend, that you have not stopped trusting the Lord and you're going on and serving Him no matter what. That's what it means to have a victorious life. Preacher, are we going to have to fight every day? Some days, yeah. Some days you're just going to have to fight. I mean, if you're going to serve Christ, you're just going to have to fight. And if you're trusting and serving the one who can help you, he'll help you fight. Satan, I hate him. I I, I don't talk to him. I tell the Lord, I say, Lord, I hate him. I hate him, I hate him, I hate him. You say, say, well, no, I hate hate him. (laughs) You like him if you want to, but I hate him. Why? He hates me tonight. And he hates you, and he's out to destroy everything you got. And I'm telling you, for serving Christ, I'm glad the Lord is there to help. Victory over Satan. Realize that he's out there, but we fight. Victory over self, over our flesh. I, I mean, listen. I, I I believe sometimes I have more of a fight over my in my flesh than I ever do with Satan. I mean, I'm just going to be honest with you. My, my old flesh just gives me a fight some days. I mean, it rires up. And, and I, I mean, the Apostle Paul put it like this. He said, uh, he, he said in, in 1 Corinthians 9, He said, Know ye not that they which run in the race run all, but one receiveth the prize. So run that you may obtain. And every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain the ground but when incorruptible. I therefore so run, not uncertainly. Uh, so fight I, not as one that beateth there. air. Notice what he's doing. He's, he's running and he's fighting. He uses the two things over there that our life is in Christ and that is a race and a fight. And he said, I run, not as uncertainly. So fight I, not as one that beateth the air, but I keep my body and bring it into subjection lest that by any means when I preach to others, I myself should be a castaway. If I'm not willing to fight and I'm telling you to fight, you know, that is one of the scariest things. I, I'll just be honest with you. I've, I've seen a lot better men mess up the ministry than I am. I'm talking about better men, far better men than me and mess up. That scares And quit. That scares me. Uh, when I was a young preacher, that stuff didn't bother me so much. But then I began to realize that that, that I'm, I'm in my flesh and I can mess this thing up. Brother Ted Pegram, he used to tell me that. He says, he says son, you know what bothers me more than anything? He'd say, when, when, I, when I hear of a preacher messing it up, he says, that scares the fire out of my head. So what for, Brother Ted? He'd say, because I, I know that I'm no better than they are. I'm in the same flesh that they were in. Paul said right here, as he talked about fighting, he said, not as one that just beateth the air, that shadow boxes. He said, but I keep my body and bring it into subjection. You know know what Paul said in in Romans chapter 6? He said, let not sin therefore right in your mortal bodies that you should obey the lust thereof. You have control of it. What a novel idea that as Christians we have control of our flesh. Think about that for just a second. You have control of it. You can sin. Or you could not sin. Amen. Now sometimes. We make bad decisions don't we? You might as well say it, amen right there. I was telling brother Jeremy this morning. While we left. Was leaving the church. was talking about going and getting something to eat. Don't we like to eat? I love to eat. Love to eat. Uh, I told Brother Ralph when he was in uh, for revival. I told him, I said, I not only love to eat, I love to eat too much. I said that's that's been my problem for years. I just, you know, probably in the past year, year and a half, I realized that I'm a bored eater, I'm a stressful eater. I mean, I I, I eat when I get hungry, you know, I eat when I'm not hungry. You know what that'll do? That'll make you fat. Remember, the gentleman was talking about this morning, I said, but I'm getting at the age now that uh, I'm starting to look at the quality of life. I'm, I'm at the position right now that, that, that I'm, I'm still in pretty fair health. As a matter of fact, I'm in pretty good health. I mean, you wouldn't believe it, uh, but I am in pretty good health. And, and, but I know that if, 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 if I don't adjust my diet and my exercise, my quality of life is probably going to change. Now, whose decision is that to make? It's mine, ain't it? It's my decision to eat better. It's my decision to exercise. It's my decision. Now, I talked about things being easy, but you, you know when, uh, and I blame this on my wife. I do, bless her heart. I do blame it on her. Because I'd quit eating McDonald's a long time ago. She gets sick, got COVID, wanted to go to the McDonald's and eat, and I fell off the wagon. Man, heaven. <laughs> got me hooked back on McDonald's. You know what? It's it's off. I'm kind of like Brother Jim White was, When he said, "If if you think I'm dead, he said, you drive my hearse by the McDonald's, and if I don't set up in the, in the casket and ask for a Big Mac, take me on and bury me." Amen. <laughs> now, see, it's one thing for me to talk about having control over the flesh, but boy, when it's something you want, it's a whole different ballgame, game, ain't it? See, that's that's the way our flesh works. It'll it'll begin to justify things. And it's fun to talk about food because we all eat and we all probably overeat. Sometimes we're coming up in that season when we're probably going to overeat just a little bit. But let's not talk about food. What what about sin? What what about and I'll be honest with you, eating too much is a sin, by the way. Amen. It is. Go over and look in the book of Proverbs we're to keep ourselves separated out of this world and away from this world. Did you know that the Lord will give us strength to be able to stay separated out of this world? You say, well, preacher, there's just, there's just some music I really like. I probably shouldn't be listening to it. Then don't listen to it. Yeah, but I really like it. Don't listen to it. There's some places I really like to go. I got some friends that uh, that go there, and maybe I, I, you know, I probably really shouldn't go. But uh, they go, and I, I don't, you know, I don't want to ruffle no. You probably shouldn't go. As a matter of fact, you might order to get new friends. The Bible says in James chapter one, let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted for God. For God cannot be tempted with evil. Evil, evil neither tempteth he any man. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then when lust hath conceived it bringeth forth sin, and sin when it's finished bringeth forth death. Can I tell you tonight, if we sin, if, sin, if, if we sin, then we've done it. I, I know we say we fall off into sin, sin snuck up on us, it crept up on us, uh, it got us, but I'm just going to be honest with you, I'll guarantee you, you'll do it knowing what you're doing. But you can fight and win over it. It's just hard sometimes. It's just a hard thing. But the Bible tells in the book of 1 Corinthians is it ten over there uh, that the Lord uh, makes a way of escape through that temptation, through that trial, that He helps us, that we may able that we may be able to bear it. Victory. Don't you want victory? I want victory. To have victory, to live the victorious life, we have to be separated from sin and uh, we have to continue to fight the adversary, Satan. Uh, We have to keep our flesh under control. That's a tough thing to do sometimes. But if we're going to be victorious, then we have to be doing what we are supposed to be doing. What do you mean? A soldier's got a job, don't he? You know know what a soldier's doing? He's either practicing to fight, or he's fighting. I mean, that's really the bottom line. They're either preparing him for war, or he's in war. I mean, that's that's the whole idea. That's the whole idea of the Army, Navy, Air Force, and the Marines. It's in case we got to go fight. And you know what they do? They get them ready to fight, don't they? You know what me and you're supposed to do? We're just supposed to be doing what we're supposed to be doing, we need to be witnessing. If we're to be working, we need to be working. If we're to be planting and watering, then we need to be planting and watering. If it's reading and praying, then we need to be reading and praying. Listen, whatever God wants you to do, that's what you're supposed to be doing. That's how you win the victory. Let us not be wearing while doing, for due season we shall reap. If we faint not, we just keep on doing what we're supposed to be doing. What are you supposed to be doing? I thought about this example Uh, Sunday school teachers will not be victorious in their Sunday school class unless they study their Bible, read their Bible, and pray. Now other than that, you can't make nothing else happen, can you? One, One soweth, one watereth, but it's God that giveth the increase. These men in the text verse, they stood out there and they done their job, but it was the Lord that wrought the victory. The preacher, well, I mean, listen, I will not be victorious if I don't read and pray and study and seek God. It just ain't gonna happen. You know, you'll never lead anybody to Christ until you try. You'll not make it faithfully to the end unless you remain faithful. You say, "Well, all that stuff is simple. It is simple, ain't it? We just got to go do it." Now, I don't know what your battle is tonight and what your fight is, but let me tell you, just keep on swinging and keep on fighting. Because I, I'm, I, you know, I've, I've finished. You know what was it? Paul said. I've, I've kept the faith. I finished my course. I've kept the faith. He just, to the very end. Don't you just want to be faithful and have a victorious life as we're going, I understand, listen, I understand not every day are we just going to have to fight as our hand is cleaving to the sword, cleave to the sword. I get that and I understand that. But we still have to fight. Let's bow our heads tonight.